enjoy Christmas time as much as I do. And this morning, if you uh, picked up one of our bulletins on the way in, I would have you to take that outline that you received this morning. And if you have a Bible with you or you can follow along in the outline, we'll just be a couple minutes this morning. But we're in Matthew chapter number one in our Bibles. And as you look at the way that God structured, structured the Word of God, you have what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. And between those, oftentimes, many times, preachers will refer to as there was a period known as the intertestimonial, the time of silence, 400 years where there was no new revelation from God. And we understand that revelation is God revealing himself to us. When you come to Matthew chapter number one, which is where we are today, the Bible says in verse number 18 of chapter 1, as we think about what we call the Christmas story, and we, we know that it is really not a story, it is history, his story. And so the Bible says in verse number 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Another way, in other words, this is how it happened. When as his mother, Mary, was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. When I think about this passage, it reminds me of a long time ago when I was a child, I heard this little, uh, call it what you want, nursery rhyme, whatever it may be. But there was a little girl, and she was playing her recorder one night in her room, and her father came in, and he was watching his daughter as she was playing that. She was kind of prancing around and dancing around the room, singing to that little nursery rhyme as it was playing. And the, the nursery rhyme said this, Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. It followed her to school one day, which was against the rule. It made the children laugh and play to see a lamb at school. Some of you remember that. She was listening to that over and over again. When the recorder stopped, she looked at her daddy and she had this look on her face as her dad describes it from that day. He said it was almost a divine look on her face. And with tears in her eyes, she looked up at her dad, and here's what she said. She said, you know, Daddy, Mary did have a little lamb 
and her lamb was the lamb of God. That little girl had it right. Many times, I think, and we've seen even from our children and the children of our church and maybe your children, that great truths come out of the mouths of children. Children can expound on truth more than we give them credit for. The Bible story that we're looking at this morning tells of a virgin. The Bible says, before they came together, this virgin's name was Mary, and Mary indeed had a little lamb one night in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. When you study the Bible, here's what you find is 34 times in the Word of God, Jesus is described as the lamb or the lamb of God. 34 times in the Word of God. John chapter 1 and verse 29, the Bible says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And this morning, as we just have a few moments, thinking about this wonderful truth as the choir presented it this morning, I want you to think about three simple truths from the Word of God concerning Mary's little lamb. Notice the first one this morning is Mary's little lamb is a special lamb. A special lamb. I, I think it's kind of comical to a point that every time that a, a mother gives birth to a child, that baby can be the ugliest baby you've ever seen in your life. And that mother, to her, it is the most special child that she has ever seen. I mean, I've never, I've never had the heart to say, uh, are you serious? Are you really looking at the baby that I'm looking at? But there was something special about Mary's little lamb, something different than other babies that had been born. What was so special about Mary's little lamb? Well, notice I see that one thing was that we see the lamb's conception, that this lamb, this baby was born, but it wasn't natural like uh, other babies were born, and, 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 and as this baby came into being, and we understand that Mary says, how can this be, seeing I, I don't even know a man, I've never been with a man, I've never had a relationship with a man. I mean, some of these modern Bibles really irritate me how they, they want to change that word virgin to the word maiden or a little girl. But the Bible truly says, even over in the book of Isaiah, that this woman, Mary, would be a virgin, uh, that this baby was not fathered by a human father. It was uh, his father was God Almighty, and he was not born of the seed of man, but by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. And here's the sign that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. You know what Matthew 1 that we read this morning is? It's a fulfillment of Isaiah 7, 14. That just as the prophet recorded those words and God said that in time that I will reveal myself to this world through my son, that, that could not have happened without a virgin birth because without a virgin birth, we would not have a sinless savior. You see, if we didn't have a sinless Savior, then guess what? There would be no hope of eternal life. 
See, I see one thing that was special was the lamb's conception. But a second thing about this, this baby was the lamb's conduct. You read in the Bible that when Jesus came into this world, that as he grew, and of course he was the son of God, he was all God and all man, and we see that Jesus fed the multitudes and he opened the eyes of the blind. He made the lame to walk and the deaf to hear and he raised the dead. Jesus walked on water. He calmed the storms. Jesus amazed the religious rulers. He spoke with authority. Never a man spake as this man, Jesus. When he was just a little boy, he amazed the major theologians of the day because of his, his expansive knowledge of the Word of God. You see, he didn't have a knowledge of the Word of God. He was the Word of God. You see, Jesus, his conduct. I love the fact that the Bible talks about how all of us, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but not my Jesus. Mary's little lamb never committed one sin. He never had one foul word that came out of his mouth. He was incapable of sin. He was impeccable. He never committed a sin. He never retaliated back to those enemies all the way to Calvary when they nailed him to the old rugged cross. You see, one thing that was special was his conception. He was born of a virgin. His conduct that he lived among us, but yet he was without sin. But I also see his claims because he claimed to be the Son of God. The Bible says in John 10, verse 36, Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God. We know that when Jesus said he was the Son of God, he was speaking truth. But they accused him of blasphemy, but his claim was not only that he was the Son of God, but that he was also God. In, in the flesh, that in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Bible records in Luke 10, or excuse me, Luke 10, verse 30, Jesus said these words, I and my Father are one. You see, I, I think of Mary's little lamb. He was a special lamb. But notice, secondly, Mary's little lamb was a sacrificial lamb. The, the Bible records, if you look back in Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I think to myself how it must have been awesome to be married to, to where, unlike any other mother that wants to give birth to a child, that Mary never had to buy one of those baby name books. As a matter of fact, matter of fact she never had to give it a thought. What am I going to name him? Should I name him after my father? Should I name him after my, my husband's father? Should I name him after some great historian? I mean, who should I name him after? I know a lot of times when my wife and I, we were expecting a child, we would oftentimes go through that drill and we'd, I'd say, hey, what do you think of this name? And she'd say, nope, I had a guy that I went to high school with and, and I, I didn't like him. <laughs> I'd say, okay, and we'd scratch that one off, you know, and, and we would go through that. We'd have some fun with that, and I mean, it was a long, drawn-out process. I learned whenever we were going through that, that, that you, if you're going to give a baby a long first name, then you have to give it a short middle name. And if you give a baby a short first name, 
then you have to give it a long middle name. And I thought, this is a science. <laughs> I never realized, you know, which makes sense because my first name is Dane, four letters. My middle name is Matthew. And so when I would hear my mom or dad call me, Dane, that was good most of the time. But if I heard Dane Matthew, that was not good. Can I tell you this morning that his name shall be called Jesus. His name is not Jesus Christ. He is Jesus the Christ. The word Christ means Messiah, the Deliverer, the Savior of the world, for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, Mary's little lamb was a sacrificial lamb. He came for one purpose, and that one purpose that he came for, he fulfilled that purpose. He didn't come to teach, although he did teach, and he didn't come to perform miracles, although he did perform miracles. He came to offer his life as a sacrifice to save you and to save me from our sins. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Who's lost? Everyone that is still in their sin. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted in the gift of eternal life, which is Jesus Christ, can I ask you this morning to open your heart and to receive God's gift of eternal life? You see, I've, I see a few things about this sacrificial lamb that his blood was the only payment, it was the only payment that God would accept for our sins. Notice, first of all, the lamb was spotless. He was perfect in every way. I mean, can you imagine what it would have been like to have been one of Jesus's stepbrothers? I mean, he, the kid never does anything wrong, they thought. He's got a silver spoon. He's mom's favorite child. Jesus always made his bed. Jesus always ate his vegetables. Jesus always had something kind to say to his brothers because Jesus was spotless. You see, if Jesus had been human, then he would have been a sinner like you and me. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no one, no one that could have ever been qualified to be the Lamb of God other than Jesus because he was spotless. And notice, he was also submissive. Jesus wasn't forced to be the Lamb of God. He yielded his life to be the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He was willing to die, listen to this, in our place. We deserve to die that death. Jesus died it for us. It was not the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his love for you and for me that held him to that cross. The Bible says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Aren't you glad for the Lamb of God? You see, he is a special lamb. Mary's a little lamb. He was a sacrificial lamb. But then notice this morning that her little lamb was a saving lamb. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, if the story would have ended there, 
it would have been a sad story. Now, can I tell you the story of Jesus is better than any Hallmark movie? And you know they all have a happy ending, right? I mean, just once couldn't they let a Hallmark movie not end the way they always do? I mean, I could sit there with my wife and I say, I can tell you what's going to happen. But you know, God has given us his word that we can know what's going to happen. And one thing we know is that Jesus came, he lived among us, he gave his life, he died on the cross, he was buried, and three days later, he arose from the grave. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb that can save us from our sins. Folks, listen, what I'm talking about this morning, if we do not understand the importance of what this time of year represents, there is no reason to celebrate Christmas because this is what Christmas is about. There's no other reason for us to gather and to worship the Lord. There would be no hope for the forgiveness of our sins. There would be no hope of eternal life or heaven. This morning, I am thankful that the Lamb of God lives and is seated at the right hand of Almighty God. 2,000 years after Mary gave birth to her precious little lamb, he still has the power to save sinners. Notice the lamb has power to cleanse sin. The Bible says if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Did you hear what the Bible said this morning? The word cleanseth, notice that E-T-H on the end of it? It means it continues to cleanse. There, listen, there is a fountain flowing free with, from the blood of Jesus Christ. That fountain continues to flow to this day. The blood of Jesus Christ is efficacious, meaning that his blood has not dried up. If we cut ourselves, we would end up with a scab because that blood would coagulate. But Jesus' blood continues to cover our sins. It continues to free us from our sins. It cleanses us from all sin. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. The blood of Jesus Christ can still save you from your sin today. You see, the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, has power to cleanse from sin, but it also has the power to change the sinner. You see, I love the fact that the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, when God saved me 33 years ago, he changed my life. I think about what uh, somebody said, this little girl, she was, uh, gave an account. She had accepted Christ as her Savior, and somebody asked her this question, and here's what they said. Were you a sinner before you received the Lord Jesus into her life? And she replied, yes. And the person said, are you still a sinner? And she said, well, to tell you the truth, she said, I feel I'm a greater sinner than ever. So the person said to her, well, then what change have you experienced? 
And she said, well, I don't quite know how to explain it, except I used to be a sinner running after sin, but now that I'm saved, I'm a sinner running from sin. And I hope that's a testimony of your life. Because as long as we are in this world, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, that's written to save people. But you know, Jesus Christ has the power to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The songwriter said, your only son knows sin to hide. But you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty sod and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of love they crucified. They laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king they named a fraud and sacrificed the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the holy Lamb of God. O wash me in your precious blood, my Jesus Christ the Lamb of God. Do you know the Lamb of God this morning? Can you honestly say in your heart this morning that you personally know Him as your Savior? That you've received what we oftentimes look at as the son that Mary gave birth to, but can I tell you that when He died on the cross, He didn't die as Mary's son. He didn't die as the son of David. He died as the Son of God, because only God could save us. The very name Jesus, Savior. The Bible says in John 10, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. In other words, Jesus' own testimony was no one held him to that cross. He laid his life down voluntarily as a lamb led to the slaughter. Yet he opened not his mouth. Jesus bore our sin on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for all. That's everyone in this world. He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Jesus died for you. What better way to celebrate Christmas, then for us today to give our lives to the one who gave his life for us. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? That little girl had it right. She said, Daddy, Mary did have a little lamb, and Mary's little lamb, his name was Jesus. Jesus gave his life so that you can have eternal life. And with your head bowed and eyes closed this morning, I wonder, has there been a time in your life you can look back, maybe you can remember where, when, 
that you heard the truth that's been presented today. And you realize that you are a sinner. That if you were to die in your sin, that you would not spend eternity with the Lord. But the good news is, Jesus died so that you could have life eternal. How many by an upraised hand this morning would say, Pastor, I've had a time in my life that I've received God's gift of eternal life. Would you slip your hand up this morning as a testimony that there's been a time in your life that's a wonderful sight. You can put your hands down. I wonder this morning, with our heads still bowed, it's Christmas time. No gift under the tree this year will come anywhere close to the gift that I've described from the Word of God this morning. And that gift is Jesus. Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. I wonder this morning, would you open your heart and receive that gift? Because if you would be interested in doing that, the Bible tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's promise, not mine. And if you're here this morning with your head bowed, and you're honest with God this morning, then the first thing you need to do is say to the Lord, Lord, I know, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that your son Jesus died for my sins. And I'm asking you today to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Savior. Now, if you mean business with God, he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're serious about wanting to go to heaven someday, to spend all of eternity with Jesus, then right there where you're sitting, I want you to pray. Your prayer is to God, not to me. I can't save you. But I want you to pray something like this. And you pray along if you need to be saved. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. With our heads still bowed. No one's looking around this morning. I wonder, did you pray that prayer this morning? Did you ask the Lord to be your Savior? Did you receive the gift of eternal life? If you prayed and asked the Lord to be your Savior, would you slip your hand up as a testimony? Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Just slip it up and you can put it down. Anyone this morning that says, I prayed that prayer. Anyone at all? Let's stand to our feet this morning as the piano plays. What a great time of year as the piano plays with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We have an opportunity to come and meet with 
the Lord Jesus like those wise men did, like those shepherds did. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, whether you're a member of our church or a visitor this morning, would you come this morning during what we call an invitation? Maybe you're a member here. Why don't you come and say, Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. The altar's open this morning. Would you come? Would you come and thank the Lord for what he's done for you? When's the last time you thanked him for your salvation? Listen, don't wait. Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the reason we're here. He's the one that's given you eternal life. If you raised your hand this morning and said, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I accepted Christ as my Savior. Why don't you come this morning? If you're a lady, we'll have a lady take you and, and sit down with you and talk with you a little bit further about your decision. But why don't you come? If you're a man, we'll have a man go with you. It's the greatest thing you could ever do is to receive Christ as your Savior. If you brought a friend this morning, why don't you say to your friend, hey, I'll go with you if you want to go. Why don't you come? Why don't you come to Jesus? It's the best thing that you could ever do because only Jesus, only Jesus can save you from your sin.